Welcome to Punk Frockers, a community sewing podcast brought to you by Jenny Hassler and Beverly Baptiste. Good morning, Beverly. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Jenny. How are you? I am doing really well. We are recording this at the start of a long weekend, which is Yay! always a lovely surprise. Yes. <laughs> I like how in um, in England they call them bank holidays. Oh, yeah, which makes sense because mostly that seems to be what they're based on <laughs> <laughs> when the banks get the day off. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I know. For most of my working career, I was always envious of bankers because I never got those holidays. But... Oh, you never got like Labor Day? and <laughs> No, it was a long time before I got things like that off. And now, oh, okay. of course, I'm a big fan of them, but yeah. <laughs> not banks, holidays. Not a yeah. big fan of banks. Uh, <laughs> so, but but who's our sponsor this month, Beverly? We do not have sponsors anymore. (laughs) Which is really, really fun. um, Because honestly, sourcing them was really, really hard. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure it was hard, but it was a little annoying, right? It was, you know, to kind of come up with each time. And um, I think that that the real fun in it that people are doing is just, you know, for being part of the community. Yeah. And so use our hashtag, but absolutely tag us. We would love to be tagged. I have been sharing things already and it's really great to see, um, to see folks tagging us in those items. Really nice to, to remind us of what's going on out in the community. So what have you been up to? Jim came home from guitar camp, which was really lovely because, um, he was, he had a great time at guitar camp, but we missed him here. This is so funny um, because Jim and I got together just before the pandemic and we've never been apart for four days. <laughs> yeah, I bet that's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I also wanted to say sorry to the Patreons because I somehow screwed up the July bonus for the Patreons. I I I went to upload it before we went on our New York trip. Yeah. And somehow didn't upload. Um And so anyways, yeah, that got fixed, though. And the August one's also up. So um, all good there. And the September one's actually coming up early this time. So uh, that'll be ready. But what I'm working on is the skirt skills class that I'm in with Brooksanne Camper. Now, I am I am simultaneously very envious because I want to take this class from Brooksanne, but I'm also very scared when I read about what you're doing because it sounds like I might not be a good student. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting because there's parts of it I think you would be and parts of it I'm like, oh, Jenny would definitely try to skip this. So, uh, <laughs> um, But the cool thing about this class is that she has a really interesting way of making a block that ha- using no standard measurements at all. Um, there's no like, well, your waist is this many inches from your hips. No, you measure it. And then that's how you find out your waist will be parallel to your hips. No, sometimes they're tilted, you know, um, this is, and she has images and she has this great, you know, I think a lot of it's because she, a lot of the stuff that she did is kind of self-taught, but she'll have you, 
like we took a photo of ourselves and then, um, you know, people printed it out or I did it in procreate. You outlined your body and made your own croaky. And then, um, another one was we, we used that to see where we needed to, um, take in on the sides. So, um, it is, we, so far in the class, we've determined our hip level and our waist level. And by definition, the hip level is parallel with, with the floor, but that's not true for the waist. And then, um, so the, the hip level is going to be, that's, that's kind of a definition of it. That's its job to be, to be parallel to the floor. And then, um, so the interesting thing that I found is that many folks of, and it's all different body sizes. It's not just heavy people or light people or whatever have uh, angled waistlines, but standard clothing and even patterns assume a parallel waistline because when you make clothing for many um, people or, or patterns, even you have to, make an assumption and you're not going to make an assumption of the non-standard choice. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So anyways, we also measured where the anchoring darts are and where the curve seams are necessary. And, um, I have done an online class like through craftsy or something. And we made these blocks there to our measurements, but not to our bodies. And so this is really interesting to, to actually yeah. measure where because these things are in the bot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah because yeah. she even shows how um, it's really funny. Her husband has the same general measurements as her. Yeah. But they're completely different size. Oh, I see this all the time when I follow people with my same measurements. Their bodies are built differently i have more of my like i basically we're all kind of tubes right some are flatter Mm -hmm. than others but Mm -hmm. but for me a lot of my um my hip max is front to back not side to side yeah yeah i think you would really enjoy especially this measurement part of the class it's you know it's slow work and she takes you through it slowly and she recommends take your time at this you know there's no rush on this and um and so I did I mean my block is fairly boring um as you might imagine yeah your your hip to waist is is pretty pretty close and you're sitting there when you look at your body I don't think there are any startlements if you turn in a 360 you don't go, oh, that's weirdly where the, the body yeah. falls, right? So I also think it's interesting, like we're learning in the class about how like to find our waistline, because that's actually difficult to find, right? Like it's not it's not a set place. Like it's not right. like you're you know, the widest point of your body is is a pretty set place, right? Like that's right. that's easy to find. And it's, it's kind of irrelevant exactly where it is there. But when you look at where your waist is, it's difficult to find. And she taught us with finding the small of our back because okay. that's, and then, and then finding, seeing where that goes to this, it's harder to find the small in the front. And so we work with that and it was just interesting. I mean, I think it is very, especially for folks with, um, with very different from standard size bodies, I think it would be very, very helpful. Anyways, 
Um, I'm really enjoying this. Um, but actually one of the things that Brooks Ann tells us, so I like to do things precisely, but she also besides <laughs> being, um, being careful and doing things slowly. She says that, you know, I'm embracing this better done than perfect that Brooks Ann says, um, we need to be, you know, don't, don't get caught up so much in the details. You don't get the trial done. You know, there's trial and error. You, don't be so afraid of the error that you don't start the try. And yeah. Um, yeah. And then she also says, Hey, if you have your block fit the first time, right. When you right out of the gate, then um, you'll, you won't get to learn the fitting. So yeah, uh, it's, it's good if it doesn't quite fit. So anyways, I'm excited about that. That sounds really amazing. And it's one I'm definitely intimidated by the idea of taking. This is, this is one that, yeah, it makes me nervous, the idea of taking it, but I know that I want to because I think it'll be good for me. Because um, It's like, also thing, very low tech. Well, and a thing that I want to do that I've never really been able to do well is I, I want pencil skirts and I want fitted oh, yeah. sheath dresses. And I don't know how to do that. Like, I don't know how to make it so that I can both sit and stand, stand in that yeah. garment. And yeah. And I've not had a lot of luck with commercial patterns. I tend to buy them to fit my hips, like yeah. based on my hip measurement. And then I tend to dart in to get to where uh-huh. I need to be for my waist. But I've never, never really done it successfully. Yeah. Well, you might be, you might be a good candidate. Um, well, what have you been sewing? I, I have not been sewing as much as I could. Um, so I've made a few things. I'll talk about them in a later episode. But the big thing that I've been doing is we have continued to swim several mm-hmm. nights a week. And I know our pool is going to close probably by the middle of October at the latest. Um, and so we're going to run out of ability to swim. But it does have me thinking about swimsuits. If you're following my Instagram, you'll notice that I'm starting to post a few swimsuits that I purchased, not that I made. I have already posted the ones I've made that I've kept, um, but I am I am looking again for swimsuit patterns for the most part, not 100%, but for the most part, the swimsuits I've made have not come up to our 60-inch measurement requirement, and oh. certainly when I made them, they did not. They were okay. things where I had to figure it out, and because my chest tends to fall within standard sizing... Mm-hmm. It was okay to figure it out because I could just grab an underwear pattern that fits mm-hmm. and make the swim bottoms out of it and mm-hmm. then I'd be done, right? Yeah. But I would be interested in um, listeners making recommendations for 60-inch plus hip patterns for swimwear. I prefer a two-piece, but I'm willing to consider a one-piece. Um, I I also would be interested in recommendations for fabrics. I have pre-ordered from Julia Cost in Maui, who is doing um, pre-orders on her new fabrics. And I encourage you to go take a look and order. They're $30 to $35 a yard, but that includes shipping to the U.S. I have pre-ordered one of her fabrics as swimwear. So I'm, I've got fabric coming. Now I need a pattern to play with. And I have all the elastics and D-rings and other stuff you could possibly want. But... I'm I'm really stumped on a pattern to try. Now, I've already got the pattern for Cashmere's bikini and one piece, and of course I have the Nautilus pattern um which was one where I was their cover model for it and that mm-hmm. did come up past a 60-inch hip. So I do have that one. 
but I'm looking for something else, something fun that I haven't seen yet. So recommendations, that's what I've been doing is begging for recommendations. (laughs) Okay. Do you want to talk about some new patterns? I do want to talk about new patterns, especially since the first one you found for us is one that I have owned since before they expanded the sizing. Oh, okay. So these patterns, I'm not even sure when they expanded. I saw um, someone recently post about it and they said there was a 60 inch hip. And I said, I know those patterns don't come up to 60 inch hips. So I went and checked it out and sure as hell they do now. (laughs) So um, it's stitch witch patterns. They have a whole bunch of things. I think of that a lot of them as kind of Ren Faire kind of dresses. I agree. Um, I've shown in the show notes um, the Basque dress, which is particularly Ren Farish, um, with that like pointy down, the little part pointy of the- waist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they they go up to a sixty inch hip now, and they before only went up to about a fifty two inch hip. So, and it took me a while to find one that hasn't been updated because I figured, oh, the la- only the last one will have been updated on their site. But no, they went through and updated almost every single pattern. So um, anyways, I wanted to That's call amazing. attention to that. Yeah. I I own several of these. I haven't made them yet, um, but I bought them because, as I say, I typically fit into a standard sized pattern for my chest. It's just mm-hmm. my, my hips don't. And for a lot of their patterns, it's really a free hip. So I mm-hmm. I bought them. Now, to be fair, that means my waist probably didn't fit into their pattern. And since they tend to be fitted, there's still some fiddling around yeah. I'd have to do. And I purchased them with more hope than um, than actual effort. And so mm-hmm. I, I haven't tried them yet. Um, and I look forward to going back and, and getting the, the larger sizes from them because yeah. they really are super cute. And I like taking my grandkids to a Ren fair. Those are a lot of fun. And it's nice to kind of casually cosplay it. You know, something... Isn't it coming up on Ren Faire season, too? It is coming up yeah. on Ren Faire season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's it's the perfect sort of dress because you could wear it. The other thing it reminds me of is those gunny sack dresses that were really big mm-hmm. when I was in high school. You yeah, know? yeah. Because without any real change to it, the images for the Basque pattern, a green checked skirt with a, a fitted top with a, you know, the pointy center waist and those puff sleeves. Mm -hmm. I know I wore that in middle Mm -hmm. school only. It probably also had a fake corset back. Yeah, 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 yeah. And was in florals and maybe purple and gold tones. Yeah. (laughs) So anyways, you should go check those those guys out. Yeah. Now, what about the Daughter Judy co-trousers? That's pretty exciting. Those are up to a 67-inch hip. She's been doing a lot of videos about this recently. Um, So the Co is a high-waisted trouser with a side seam that wraps to the front, giving it a slightly curved leg shape, and uh, which is, I think, really cool looking. It has um, on-seam pockets at the front and patch pockets at the back with an optional self-belt. The uh, inseam finishes below the ankle, giving you a relaxed look. I think they okay. look super cool. So if you would like to make these and twinsy them, I only have one request. You can pick the fabric. A hundred percent, you can pick the fabric. We both have to include either pom-poms or fringe in that side seam where it wraps to the front. <laughs> Because no, I I'm not desperately want those with <laughs> pom poms, like the big ball pom poms. Oh my gosh! It would be amazing, wouldn't it? 
okay, it would be amazing for you because you don't tend to like keep on wearing pants that you make. <laughs> <laughs> what if I you said, just imagine just me showing the up to work <laughs> below your pockets? Mm. Well, that's interesting, but um, but no, I, but no. <laughs> uh, what I do like, I I really like. I saw a version of it, and maybe it's. I think it's on there. I think it's on her website actually where they've got that dark denim in the front and then the yeah. light denim in the back and you can see it because it wraps around. I think they're really cool trousers. I might do that in reverse, but I, I like that. I think they are really cool. My, my problem with these as it is for me with all trousers is just that significant difference across six inches mm-hmm. between my waist and my hips makes anything with a fitted waistband and yeah. not a lot of gathers hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, there's, there's not gathers, but there are darts in the back. So yeah. uh, that'll help out. And then those seams, I think you might be able to do something with those, those, where those seams are, but I think so too, like a princess seam, I think it could hide a yeah. lot of like a lot of difference, but yeah. I sure have to think about it. But I, I like the idea of these. I agree yeah. with you. They're really cute. I think color blocking is an obvious win for these. Yeah. <laughs> I think so I, I really cool. like them. And I like that it and comes actually, with its own D-ring belt as well. Yeah. I um, I have also signed, I'm going to sign up as soon as I can for Brooksanne's Smarty Pants, which is after you take her skirt skills, you can take her pants. She's got a new pants class and I'm going to take that. So um, that might also be a great thing yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. I, I want to run through her whole ser- series, including the bodice class, because I, yes. I think there's a lot there that would be really interesting yeah. for me um i i continue to think that it might be sort of a post-retirement thing where i've got all day every day to sit and think about it because i think that i get really lazy after work well that's not exactly true jenny you make clothes <laughs> like so but much it's clothes. different to make clothes than it is to like follow someone's fiddly instructions about how <laughs> level your waist is well i think that the 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 thing with this is that I am looking at it as my sewing time is being spent on this right now. And if I think of it that way, it doesn't take that much time per day, what she's doing. Um, I think that I do think it would be helpful to you if you took that for you to have um, some help. There's some measurements that are difficult to take on your own, but she does show you how to do it yourself. But there's, it would be helpful to have, and you use one of them. Let me show you what I use. Okay. You use one of these. For oh, one of the squares. Yeah. This like construction thing with a level yeah. in it. And yeah, so yeah. I think then you could get Mark on board because the, there's a, there's a level in there. He might enjoy like <laughs> doing that, you know, like, so for, for like the back, I think it would be easier to do I have that to way. convince What I have to do is convince my daughter. She wants uh. to take this class with me. Because my younger daughter sews, she does, she's at Dragon Con this weekend, actually, in Atlanta, competing, and she has a, um, so, I just have to go on a tangent to be proud of my daughter. So, the animated Disney film Anastasia, which Mm -hmm. is about what if Anastasia didn't die, um, and instead grew up and came back to the court or whatever. And I didn't allow my children to watch this because I was one of those asshole parents who's like, I am not reteaching you history. So you're not watching the Disney ones that are based on histories because they're not. 
<laughs> because they've grabbed some names and they've made a film about it, which is fine. Fiction is wonderful. But as young children, I don't want to start with, you think you're watching a true thing and it's not a true thing. So anyway, I wouldn't let her watch it, which means consequently one of her favorites, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Which I had not really accounted for in my plan, but yeah. it's one of her favorites. So for Dragon Con last year, her entry in the big costume contest was the ball gown that that Anastasia wears <clears throat> at the at the high. I've never seen the movie. At some highlight ball during the movie, whatever. Mm -hmm. And she made it as if it was period accurate. So she sourced the right fabric. She sourced, um, you know, gems and jewels in the places they should be. She changed the design of the gown to match the designs that would have been worn at that time. Cool. And entered it into the competition and she didn't win, but, um, but they did ask her to put it in this year's display of great costumes. So she's down there. She got that set up and she's got, I don't think she's competing this year, but she's got, you know, 10 costumes to wear over four days or whatever, plus setting that one up. And that's really she, cool. So she, she does stuff like that all the time. And she is not a standard body. She is um, she's short and she is very curvy, um, but within straight sizes for someone mm -hmm. who is her, her size, her proportions are outsized compared to. Mm -hmm. um, her height. And so I would imagine she would really benefit and she loves forties and fifties styles. Mm. So starting with a class that's how to make, how to make a pencil skirt work for you mm -hmm. would probably be a really functional. And I know that's not the title of Brooksanne's class, but, no, it's not. but you, you're going to get out of there with a, a block you could use to make a pencil skirt because you could use it but to make any, any skirt. skirt. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But because you can use it to do any, you can go from pencil to double circle yeah. And have it work. So anyway, maybe I can convince her that what she wants is for me to buy that class for her. And then she would take it with me. Yeah. And then you can help each other measure. Yeah. I think I have my plan. We'll see what happens. All um, right. But so this week. What, oh, sorry. Uh, what, <laughs> what uplifting topic are we talking about today, Jenny? Well, as always, I think the best thing that we can do here is really give people hope for their future sows. I think it is really important that people come out of a thing, especially in a month that we call Better Done Than Perfect, knowing that every single item you made has to be perfect, no matter what we say in our hashtag. Yeah. So this week, we're <laughs> going to talk about our sewing failures. Yeah. Um, because we've all had them, and they've often been really bad. And things I'm leaving out, I'm just going to begin by naming all the failures I'm not mentioning. Especially when I returned to sewing three years ago, I I made no dress more than once for the longest time. I was just like, boom, 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 boom. I'm trying a new one. I'm trying a new uh -huh. one. And I'd find anything where the measurements were close because very few came up to the 62-inch hips I had at that time. And I made just tons. I'd go back to ready to wear and find something in vogue where it gave me the bust measurement. And I'm like, cool, that fits my boobs. I'll figure it out. And I'd just move on. So yeah. I spent probably a full year where most garments I made one time, very rarely like the um, Upton, I'd make a bunch, but mostly mm -hmm. it was one, 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 one. Almost every one of those was an absolute failure. <laughs> there was there was a problem with it somewhere. And a lot of times it was a design problem. So it came out as intended, but it wasn't right for me or it wasn't right for the fabric because I was like, oh shit, I love this fabric. I bet it'll work. And I would go mm -hmm, ahead and make mm -hmm. So I have, if you scroll back to 2020 on Instagram, you're going to find just a ton of things 
that are that aren't great. You're going to look at them and go, hmm, I'm not sure why she made that. And the answer is <laughs> because I could because because it kind of came in my size because it was the first time in my life where there was options even close to my body. And mm-hmm. so all of those were fails. But but my most spectacular, my most amazingly beautiful, well loved, received, like I spent so much time, etc. Yeah, would be my PF prom dress from the first year we recorded. And you and I talked and talked about these dresses. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got this beautiful blue-green taffeta, I guess it is, or whatever it is. And, Uh you know, the stuff that makes noise when you walk. I wouldn't know Uh because I didn't walk in it very far. And I'm like, I found a mood dress. And all the mood ones go up well above my body size. So this Uh is amazing. Um, I printed out those stinking pages and taped them together which back then was what you had to do because we didn't have PDF stitchers. So unless you were, unless you were adept at Procreate or another program, uh-huh. you were you were cutting and you were taping and cutting sixty pages or whatever. Mm-hmm. This was a dress to describe it. It looks a lot like prom dresses would have when I was a child, only shorter. It's got gathered cups. It's got a fitted waist. It's got a big old circly skirt. It's got a bow that won't quit. Like the largest uh-huh. taffeta bow, which why anyone ever did that, I don't know. But but I did because I thought it would be amazing. Yeah. It was really similar to the color of my actual prom dress. I was so excited, so excited. So there were a lot of problems with this. One of which was I was like, you know what? I don't have to have this ready until this weekend. I said four weeks running. And so suddenly at the last minute, I'm sewing it together. Now, I sew pretty quickly, so I knew it wasn't going to be a problem to actually finish the garment. What I didn't account for was the one thing I should have done that I didn't, a toile. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. As I learned much later, because after I made this, there was a sundress that came out on Mood, and I made it for myself in a size 12, 14. (laughs) Now, in any sewing pattern, I'm probably a 28 to 30. I might be a 24 for my boobs. Right. I there are no sewing patterns, zero, where a twelve fourteen would be your starting point for me. Right. But this was one again. I had to tape together and I taped all the sizes together, like I printed all the lines, mm-hmm. and then I started measuring pieces. And I'm like, oh my God, how could I even make I'm like, is there fabric for this largest size? Because it was very, very gathered. <laughs> anyway, it was very outrageous the draft on that well the drafting on this was also pretty garbage like those cups are supposed to stay up and if you look at our show notes you'll see a picture of the dress i'm wearing a white bra under it and i have pinned the (laughs) i've pinned the bodice to the bra because if i don't it just flops straight down like it is absolutely peekaboo but not in the way that's cute it's like (laughs) it would be so bad um the waist i had to bring in so much to get it to even kind of fit fittedly the skirt was fine, I guess, um, but the bow was definitely huge and terrible. I don't know what That's I'm thinking. So Do you view this as one of my wins? I know you immediately wanted to run out and make one, but <laughs> I don't know if that means it was a win. Yeah, that did not work for you. You remember I got the same fabric for that. Yeah, I do and remember. I made a long um, by hand London Anna dress for mine. Yeah. Which worked beautifully. <laughs> but... I mean, it's perfect for it. And the Anna is such a gorgeous dress. When I was looking for my fails, that's one of the ones I found. And obviously not a fail. Although I made the Anna out of stretch, medium to heavyweight denim. 
just waiting for you to react to those combos. Anna. Oh my God. Oh, it was terrible. It was very, very bad. But that's not the Anna's fault. That yeah. That was me thinking, I mean, I wonder how it would look if it was had more body. The answer is bad. Uh, it would look bad. Also, it was hot pink zebra stripes. So I was giving it no chances to win. <laughs> yeah. Most of my fails are um are sort of fit issues. Um, but there's certain things that I learned along the way is kind of how yeah, I view yeah. mine. Um, maybe we should just go through all of yours first and then we'll go through all of mine. Absolutely. Um, the second big fail I have is all of my undies, every single pair. <laughs> I, I have made probably 50 pairs of underwear. Easily. 50 pairs I think of underwear. You made, I think you made like most of those in one go though. Um, I think I made them in two goes, but yes, okay. <laughs> I made a ton, a ton of underwears uh-huh. and I adapted patterns. I made it easy on myself by bulk cutting. I, um, sourced t-shirts for some of them. I used t-shirts that I'd held onto for years and, um, yeah, every bit of that was a mistake. There isn't a single pair that I love, not one. Um, I kept thinking, you know, I can do it. Everyone does it. People talk about it. Mm-hmm. Folks are happy with it. There are sellers who sell underwear made out of your old t-shirts. And the people who get them are like, this is the best underwear I've ever owned. And like all of these things combined to make me believe I could do it. I will say when I got done and decided underwear was just not for me, I like my seven for $35 bargain from Sasique periodically. I just buy those in bulk. When they wear mm-hmm. out, I toss them, I wait, and I buy another set in bulk. I just, those, they fit exactly how I want. Everything about them is amazing. But what I figured out is that the fabrics I have access to aren't giving me the result I want. They're all too heavy. Mm-hmm. And then I ordered underwear from one of those independent sellers that has like a waiting list for the underwear. I had to wait forever to be able to get these underwear. Mm-hmm. I dislike them just as much as mine for the exact same reasons. So I don't think the problem is the patterns. Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure the problem is the fabric. I think I just don't like those. Mm -hmm. That it's, you know, it's like, well, like if I went out and bought 10 different pairs of underwear from different designers, there's one that I like. The Mm -hmm. rest of them, no matter how good they are, no matter how many people like them, I don't think I'm going to like them. So I view all of my underwear as one of my biggest fails, especially since um, I I cut up some T-shirts that were important to me. I cut up one of my father's T-shirts to make a pair of underwear. And I still have those underwear, but I don't wear them. I mean, Mm -hmm. I kept them because of the memento. And then another T-shirt of his I had cut up to make underwear from. I hadn't cut them all the way up. I just made the cut the sleeves Mm -hmm. off and the trim. And I have that uncut still sitting in a in a pile, um, mm-hmm. waiting for me to decide what I'm going to remake that into because mm-hmm. because I don't want to lose it and I'm not going to waste it on something I know doesn't work for me. So, yeah. so I think I, my I had a similar fail. experience with underwear. I made several pairs and I was wearing them for a while, um, but I it was like I realized I prefer the commercial underwear and like. I don't know why I'm making myself wear these. Yep. Like, you know, they're just they're not as comfortable as those. So that, and I, I really don't have any interest. I, I'm able to buy a bra that fits me from 
commercially. So I'm not going to bother with that. Like it's not as interesting to me. I know lots of people really love it because they can't find commercial ones that, that they, that feel fit them. Right. And they, they, they're willing to go through the effort for it and they, they really like what they come out with. Um, it's at this point, not for me. Yeah, that's how I felt about bras. So I was going to. I was so excited when cashmere. You bought like a really pattern. expensive kit. Yeah, I did, and I gave it away mm. um, because I decided exactly what you said. You're. I I go on to Amazon. There are two bras that I buy there that fit me exactly how I want. Like the the lace covers perfectly one boob. It's abs each side. So two, but you know, one at a time, um, but it covers exactly right. It's the width of strap I want. The back is the number of, of hooks and eyes that I want. The way that it lies under my clothing is a guy. So I'm fine. I, I have mm-hmm. two different bras, one that's perfect. And one that I wear um, in the winter because it's got wider straps. <laughs> and, and I like them both for different reasons. They're both good bras, but I, I've been fortunate that I found something for the longest time. I had to spend 60 or $80 on a bra in order mm-hmm. to get something that fit decently and, and supported decently. Um, but nowadays my, anytime my body changes size or shape, my boobs get smaller. They, mm. they never get bigger. If my weight were to vary by 50 pounds plus or 50 pounds minus on the minus side, my boobs would become more like an orange in a tube sock. Mm-hmm. And on the plus side, they would remain like an orange in a tube sock. They shrink only. They are not capable these days of getting bigger. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so with that, I've been able to find better fitting bras because they just, if anything happens to them, they get smaller. It's hilarious. Um, but, but yeah, same thing for bras. I just can't be bothered. My last failure was also tragic and terrible, but it's only semi failure. And so, but I'm going to, I'm going to put it in my big fails category because have you ever Beverly spent like for me, think about me four days making a garment. Yeah. Only thing I worked on for four days was that. And my garment for that was my noise jeans, which is an amazing pattern by Mana and Broad. And they have really great videos to help you with the fitting it works essentially from top down, down uh, center out sort of principles. Um, the idea that you get the waistband right and then you're going to start pinching out of the leg and things like that to to make it fit correctly. And mm-hmm. so I re-sewed those side seams over and over with a, um, with a basting stitch. And then I'd go back when I finally hit the right one and I'd sew it correctly and finish the edges and do all the junk, right? But over and over and over, I sent videos to Leela from Mana and Broad and got responses back. I I did all the things. I got through it all. I got to the point where you pull them on and you're like, great, it's time. Mark where your buttonhole goes. And I totally did. And then when I went down to do the buttonhole, I sewed it up. It was a beautiful buttonhole, one of the prettiest buttonholes I've ever made with the top stitch thread and everything. It was so gorgeous. I looked at it and I'm like, that's perfect. Everything is perfect. So I took my blade, I pounded it in, I cut open the buttonhole and realized that at some point mentally, I looked at where I marked it on the top where it goes and thought, oh, the buttonhole goes on the under one, not on the over one. And so when I went to do it, when your fly is closed and you have the over part where the button sticks out, I looked at the picture, I saw the button and thought, fuck, I've got to put the buttonhole on the bottom one. And I did. That's the one I cut open. 
And then I went to install my button and I was flummoxed. <laughs> it was like, where the fuck do I put the button now? Yeah. And, and I, I did, I, I made the wrong answer. I put a hole in the top one. I whip stitched together the place. I stuck a button on it and I moved forward, but I put the button off from where the original hole that I'd cut in the wrong place was because mm-hmm. I didn't feel great about putting it there. And so everything about my jeans is great. But if you go back and look at the pictures of them where I have a shirt tucked in, you can see really clearly that it is pulled over to the side so that it can hit the button mm-hmm. that is not centered where it's supposed to be. It's off by half a buttonhole width, if that makes sense. So did you consider taking off the waistband or replacing it? No, not at any point did it occur to me that that was an option. <laughs> right up until literally right now, never occurred to me that it was an option. Now, I will say it's complex. You've got all of the, you've already put on all of your um, belt loops and yeah. you've d- I've done all my top stitching by then. Like this is a, a big thing. What has occurred to me is that I know several people whose jobs are doing beautiful mending work. Mm-hmm. on denim often. And mm-hmm. that what I ought to do is get on someone's waiting list and mm. send my jeans off and ask them to fix that monstrosity that I did to make it so mm-hmm. that my button can go through. Do and you still have any of the fabric? Of course I don't. Okay. No. And it's been years. I, I don't mm-hmm. even, I might be able to Google and find where I got it, but mm-hmm. I might not. Like, Mm-hmm. Checking my Gmail, I might find something, mm-hmm. but I have no idea even what fabric it was. But I'm really well, bummed about that because I wear yeah. them very occasionally, but they make me sad every time because yeah. I know about that flaw. And yeah. it changes because normally I'd wear something like that with a crop top and I don't. I would now wear it with something pulled over it because yeah. no one else in the universe is going to notice that problem. <laughs> but I see it really clearly every time. Yeah. So that's it, though. That's basically everything I made in 2020, plus the three mm-hmm. items we talked about here. <laughs> well, I have um, most of the things on my list, as I said, are are uh, just things that were fit weird for my body. So one of the things on my list is something, a dress I was really excited about because I had this, it's a a textured rayon, like an easy to sew rayon actually, um, that I got, I made this for, it was like black history month pattern designer challenge. Oh, yeah. And it, it's the goddess dress. This dress on me, there's a photo there. And I know lots of people wouldn't mind showing that much cleavage, but, um, that's a, I lot. Don't think it, that's a lot of cleavage. Um, so it, I never, I never wore it because of that. And maybe if I was the time, I mean, I could have put something, you know, I could have yeah. put something across or whatever, but, but I never did. And it definitely taught me to check on necklines um, because, you know, um, things hit differently. Like I have a large chest for my, frame I guess right and so things might hit differently I think at that point I really wasn't aware of like the the difference in my shoulders and stuff and so um 
in when I have something that I'm really excited about like that, I'm very likely to check where the neckline hits now before I go through with my fabric. Um, yeah. This was pretty early on in my sewing. And the next one is similar in that um, it's a beautiful top. My mother loves it. Luckily, <laughs> I was able to give this away to my mom. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, it's a dashwood um, fabric. And um, it's a beautiful top. It's just it um, it's too tight in my shoulders. And so my mom's happy that it didn't fit me. But it... Um, I think this was the fiber mood ermaline or something and yeah. it just didn't fit. In. And that's where like the broad shoulders thing I've, I've kind of, again, learning that I need to, I mean, you know, a toile doesn't hurt. Oh, also I have learned that for me, because of my broad shoulders, a toile needs to include the sleeves. Like, right. Right. I, I need to do that. Um, my other big fail was the first, I think it was our first challenge. It was like a do something that's you or whatever. Yeah. And who are you? I think was what we called it. PF yeah. And it was, it was a, I? I think it was a version of the hinterland. And instead of gathers, I made pleats and I did all this. I never once wore that dress. It did not feel right to me from the beginning. Which is I, hilarious since it was for a challenge that was, yeah, yeah. Who are you? Yeah, PF, who are you? And I, I love the work I did on it with, I mean, I did these stamping on there and everything. I created the stamps. Remember, I made those stamps. Yep, I do. And um, it's, it, it has, it just is not me. So that one, <laughs> that's a disappointing fail because I put a lot of work into that. Yeah. What happened to it? I don't know. Okay. Fair. I don't, I don't know if I, 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 that might've been given away. I I don't know. I, I don't have it here. Cause now if that had happened, I would take it apart and use that, you know, yeah. but, um, I didn't, I didn't, I don't, I know I didn't do that. So, so the next one, I have a lot more feels than you. Um, the next no, one. No, no, I, I had all of 2020. I just took okay, okay. them out individually. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one, this is was a really good lesson for me. The next one is really adorable pajama set that I made. And um, it was really interesting because I kind of had the same experience that you have many times when you buy patterns from a straight size company that's maybe expanded their size range or you know, whatever the size range includes you, but they're, they're really designing for straight size bodies and all the adjustments you would have to make. This is a Muna and Broad pattern. And I fit into Muna and Broad's, I think it's their smallest or next to smallest size, but the Muna and Broad design specific, then they're, they're totally transparent about this. They design for plus size bodies. And so, um, the, the shape, the shape of the body is different. And these, even though they're pajamas, they're just, they're, um, they don't fit me. And I was like, this is what Jenny experiences mm-hmm. when she does, because the, <laughs> the, the, there's a roundness to it that doesn't like it. It doesn't, yeah. my body doesn't fit in there that way. Like we were talking about before how the same measurements can be yep. vastly different shapes. 
So um, anyways, that was a disappointment because those are, that's really beautiful fabric. And it I is. did, I did piping and everything. Yeah. On it. Yeah. So um, even in the photo, you don't look entirely happy. No, I don't. Do I? <laughs> um, okay. The next one. I thought I was going to love this and I do not know why I thought I was going to love this because the, it has the poofiest of sleeves. I mean, that was really, that's the weird part about it is those sleeves, even on paper, you should not have liked. I know I shouldn't have even bothered with it, but you know, that, that shirt went to uh, Lori, somebody or other's mom. Oh, nice. And, yeah, this was a Taco Tuesday um, yeah. pattern, and it's it's a neat pattern. And if you like poofy sleeves, I think it's called a Helmy or something. I don't know, but maybe not. But anyways, it it has these super poofy sleeves and a, a high low hem, low high hem. I don't know. Um, cute, cute top, but not for me, man. It is really cute. You Did you give that away in one of our, we had a swap challenge. Yeah, yeah. That's when I gave okay. it to Lori. Yeah. And she likes it. So good for her. The last What is one, happening with this last one? Because <laughs> I don't even is, understand what I'm looking at. You don't remember this? This is the Fotinia. Oh my God. Okay. It, it did not work for me. Yeah. It, um... Uh, was that a quilting cotton or something else? No, it's like um, it's a very lightweight like shirting. Oh, okay. Um, I think yeah. it's a lawn. It's actually a lawn, I think. Um, but it did not. Um, it just didn't work for me. I I wanted it to work so bad. It looks so cute on you. You made yeah, so I many like of them. Yeah, and it just didn't work with maybe I have no idea but it did not work for me I think I made all of mine with lower necklines too that would have helped I think I think because I'm not a belt person yeah I, I you, mean you made a belt with yours I think I'm I did I wore it with and without a belt depending um and so when we talk about fails, one of the other thing that was sort of a stumper for me is, as you know, I sell almost everything I make, like I end up getting rid of it. And in the mm -hmm. early part of my sewing, I didn't sell them. I just donated them or gave them to my daughter who mm -hmm. often could wear similar sizing to me. We're different shapes, but similar measurements. And I, I own very little, like even before I did the great plot closet purge where the purpose was to get rid of everything, I I kept maybe 20% of what I make. And so there's sort of a bigger question of, was it a win if I didn't keep it? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because if it was really a win, I'd keep wearing it, presumably. Like I can look at my closet right now. There's maybe 70 pieces in here and probably 30 of them. I don't wear. And, mm. and it's not, most of them aren't a pattern problem. It's often a pattern combined with fabric problem. Yeah. And then sometimes it's just, I got it done. And it's not me anymore. Like a recent weird one on that is I very recently made a um, dragon fruit dress, which I've made tons of and which I love. I think it's a great dress design. And I made it out of two tulip pink quilting cottons, which I've done before. Right. But I put them together with the ruffle and the whole thing. And I'm like, oh, this is really loud. 
<laughs> Says the woman with bright pink hair. <laughs> I know. And I got it done and I thought, this is too much for me. What is that? Like, how is there yeah. anything that's too much for me? But part of that is sort of a changing, I don't know, a changing aesthetic. Like I'm at a mm-hmm. place right now where I'm feeling like a lot of either solids or more traditional prints like plaids or checks calling me in mm-hmm. a way that I'm not feeling oversized unicorns floating on a pool floaty calling me. And mm-hmm. So I feel like I don't even know who I am. And I don't know that those are fails so much as I guess kind of a failure on my part to recognize my changing sense of style right now. Yeah, I think, yeah, some, some of the things, um, I think a lot of the things that, that, that are fails for me, well, I think, you know, calling something a failure in this sense is just something that's, that's not as intended, right? I, I think in a lot of these, when I look at them, there's just so much I learned from them, right? I learned, you know, I do not like poofy sleeve stuff. And I showed this one poofy sleeve thing, but how many poofy sleeve things did I make before I decided, you know, I made like five or 10 and I was like, you know what? I think I don't like the poofy sleeves. (laughs) So it took me a while to learn it. But um, so in that case, it's not a total failure, but as far as a sewing fail goes, mostly, mostly for me, it's been not my style. Right. And that's really the failure there is just helping you to refine your style. So Yeah, right, right. And and I guess also um fit things. And you know, anybody who's who's diligent about doing twelves will just be like, Well, you could have practiced and then you would know it's yeah, a good job. You would have missed out on a great colorful story if you had practiced. So <laughs> I think this is a good idea. I would love to encourage folks to tag us in your PF better done than perfect and call out your fails. I think it's really helpful for folks to see the ways in which we don't live up to what we expected. Um, It's not, it's not about you failing. It's about a garment, not meeting your needs and you learn from that. So it's awesome. Yeah. And sometimes your um, things that you failed at, if it's not like construction issue, somebody else might say, Hey, I love that. And you could give it to them. That's right. You might have an opportunity to send some of those failures on to new homes. Well, that's great. That's it for our topic for this week. We really appreciate you tuning in. Remember to visit us at patreon.com slash punkfrockers if you'd like to financially support the show and the work that we do here. We really appreciate it. Yes, we do. And please remember to rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Absolutely. And with that, I guess we will see See you you next next Tuesday. Punk Frackers is created, produced, and edited by Beverly Baptiste and Jenny Hassler. On Instagram, you can find the podcast at Punk Frackers. You can find Jenny at J.O. Hassler and Beverly at Weeds to Wildflowers. Our artwork and music is created and performed by Jim Duran. You can find him on Instagram and his website at jimduran.art.